Imagine, the creator of the universe has a purpose for your life. How would you like to seek out this God, ask the hard questions, and grow deeply in Him? Welcome to the Life on Purpose podcast, where together we will explore Him more fully. The Life on Purpose podcast, brought to you by Skyline Church of Christ. Welcome back to our Grass the Sword podcast, which is part of our Life on Purpose series that we're doing here at Skyline. We are just super excited about being here and doing this. I've got Shay Shay with here with me today, and we're just ready to go. Shay, how was your week? It's going good so far. Had jury duty, so how did that go? We performed our duty. So you're already done. Already done. Yep. Wow, that's great. Yep. Guilty as charged. Two days. Got it done. So did my civic duty for. Hopefully a while. So you're clear for a little bit. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you juried on purpose. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Well, let me ask you this. I thought I thought something that would be neat for us to do is we're thinking about living life on purpose overall. I thought it'd be good for us to, you know, as we do these, purposely looking for where God has done something in the last week. Did anything kind of pop up for you that were you saw God do something or you saw God in, in something in the last week or so? Yeah, I think, you know, so far we're at, we're at Wednesday. So we've had a few days this week and, um, God's really pointed out, uh, the word peace to me in the, in the past week through scripture, through texts, uh, threads and conversations that we've had. So he's really pointed that out. I'm, I'm still, uh, listening, uh, to that and, and, and discerning, and asking for wisdom uh, about that, uh, but he's given me that, and I'm I'm thankful for it, and and looking forward to what all that will mean um, in our lives, and kind the of, purpose for it, in, right? In our in my life, kind of like why is he showing me that? Yeah, right. Now? right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's good where you can see those things popping up in different places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been very evident. So. Yeah, I had an interesting experience. It's probably last week. My big my big binge right now is watching The Chosen. Okay. And so really I've enjoyed that. That would be a whole other show that we could do at some point. Um, but it's, it's a really good show. Here's a, a plug for that show too if you want to watch <laughs> it. Um, but I was talking with a coworker in the break room and we were just talking about it. I've been trying to get him to watch it and mm-hmm. he's watched part of it and we were just talking about it. And a guy walks through the hallway and just kind of pokes his head in. He's like, are y'all talking about The Chosen? And it's the guy that brings our coffee. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever, I never talked to him, Yeah, but he just poked in his head and he was talking about how great the show was. And it turned in from a discussion about the show to a discussion about Jesus and how it gets people talking to other people about Jesus. Yeah. And so it was just an interesting uh, experience to have just sitting there in the break room. Yeah. Something you wouldn't expect and it, and no. it happened. That's awesome. Yeah. I thought it was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So we've also got, we've got, we're doing Grasp the Sword. Grasp yeah. the Sword is... Is our uh, kind of our, our segment of life on purpose, right? Where we're going to be diving into different Bible stories, but it is part of the life on purpose podcast overall. Yes, so we've got that segment. We'll hopefully be uh, diving into some of our sermon series uh, a little deeper with Eric and uh, Jordan's got a whole list of folks she's she wants to ask, and and we all want to ask as a part of our church family to say, hey, you know, we want to hear your voice, we want to hear your story. Uh, we want to hear what you have to say and what you want to share. So uh, we're excited about the upcoming podcasts and uh, invites that might be uh, texted out or, or asked 
of uh, folks. So uh, we're excited to see where this uh, will go. Yeah, I'm excited too. I think it's going to be great. And uh, just as a reminder, uh, obviously, if you're listening to us, you have found us somewhere. Yeah. Um, Shay has sent out a link on Sunday. Or I think it came from Skyline yeah. mm-hmm. Church. But um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Spotify mm-hmm. Anchor, uh, several different places. Um, most of the places will have a subscribe or something similar to that. Sure. If you subscribe, you'll get notifications when the new episodes come out. We have to do one to two every week uh, as we're able to record. Yep. Uh, so, But if you have the subscription going, you get notified of the new podcast come up. And I uh, just encourage you to listen. If you have any questions, find us at church, call us, text us. Uh, we do have an email address if you want to send it to us, skylinecoc at gmail.com. C of C. C of C, my yep. bad. Mm-hmm. Skylinecofc yep. at gmail.com. And be happy to take your questions or thoughts or comments there too. So we're really excited. And just kind of wanted to hit a few reminders. You know, this is our second episode of, of Grasp the Sword. Last time we did Gideon. Um, but I thought it'd be a good just to kind of touch really quick on some of the things that we talked about the last time as far as what this podcast is and what we're trying to, what the purpose of this podcast is. Um, you know, one thing was uh, grasp the sword has a double meaning. Uh, you know, when we in the English language, we think of grasp and we think of, uh, you know, we understand something. We grasp a concept, we understand it. So as we're thinking about grasping the sword, you know, we want to see that as understanding the word understanding the sword right and then the other way that we take that is grasp as to take as paul talked about in ephesians 6 taking the sword of the spirit uh so we want to grasp the sword by understanding it and by taking it into the world so right and i think you know like it says in 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 ephesians is the sword is also the word of god so it's got that double uh, meaning as well that we're understanding the sword, the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're doing with grasp the sword. Um, you know, and kind of the three tenets that we have of this podcast is that the Bible is inspired. Mm-hmm. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with that premise. We're not going to, you know, we're not debating anything like that. We're just, but we're going to all assume that we believe that the word is inspired. Uh, it's not just stories. You know, these are actually real events that happen to real people in time. Uh, different people that God used in different ways. And it's still relevant to us today. So I think it's really good for us to think about that as we go into these stories. And we're really trying to get past the surface right. of the stories. You know, a lot of times we think of some of these stories, and like we talked about last time, we remember VBS or Bible school and uh, just kind of neat little things that we pick out of it. But as we get into these stories, we really want to try to look in and see uh, maybe something that we've missed because sure. we've been superficial with it. So really digging in and finding those things. Right, and I think it ties back to you know life on purpose. The the you know the theme of this podcast, and you know all of these stories we'll see with Daniel, we saw with Gideon. They're 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 rooted in their their faith, their um, what they do, um, and they they had a purpose. God had a purpose for them, and they're in certain instances and in their situations. We'll see those. We'll you know look at those and. And see how they lived out that purpose and how uh, that affected, you know, course of events and, and affected battles and affected winning and losing life and death. You know, all these different scenarios that uh, their life as they lived it on purpose for for God, uh, how that affected all those things. So I think that's how it kind of ties back into the whole 
the whole theme, these stories that we'll look at. I think it's exciting. You mentioned Daniel. Daniel is the one that we're going to be looking at today. Right. Um, so before we kind of dive into the story that we're going to get into, um, when you think of Daniel, what are just some of the first things that pop into your mind? So I said when I kind of skipped ahead, but I, I wrote <laughs> down, you know, when I think about Daniel, Daniel was rooted. Uh, he had his roots. He It was solid. He was like a, a tree uh, that was planted firmly. And also, and I, I think of Daniel, you know, uh, his name actually means the word, the name Daniel actually means God is my judge. And so I mean, that's um, interesting when I talk about Daniel being being rooted, being grounded, knowing exactly what he stood for. He, he really knew what his purpose was. And uh, his name kind of reflects that, that God is the one who I am living for, who ultimately I want to obey, I want to, you know, live for. And so all throughout the story uh, of Daniel, in the book of Daniel, you can, you know, right from the beginning, um, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, and uh, the leaders uh, change change his name. They change his name, and they're, they're really trying to change his whole identity. Right. And uh, Daniel, throughout all the things that happen, and we'll see and look at one of those instances, one of those things that happened is he stayed rooted. So that's kind of what I think uh, when I think about uh, uh, Daniel, some things that come to mind. That's a really neat. I didn't know that about the name Daniel. So that just kind of. That's in Hebrew. Yeah, the Hebrew. Goes more into uh, his whole story. Right. Really. Um, so the, the story that we're going to get into tonight is actually going to be Daniel and the Lions Den. Um, before we kind of get into that, I thought it'd be good just to do a brief kind of synopsis as to how we got here. Um, when you think about the Israelites, um, you know, a back and forth through their whole history. Uh, you know, even fr- from the time they, you know, we talked about Gideon last week and we talked about they have this uh, this really bad uh, whirlwind effect and circular effect of obeying God, having having blessings, fall away from God, worship the idols. God has to punish them. And that happens over and over. Um, you know, so they went all throughout the judges and then they finally say, hey, give us a king. And so they get a king and God tells them. This isn't going to work out well for you, but they they go for it anyways. And, you know, it's almost at the point where they, they start having kings is when it, it starts getting worse, um, you know, because you have the kingdom breaks up into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Uh, you know, the Assyrians come in uh, because they just can't get their act together. God has to uh, get their attention. And so he Res- says, rescue is a word that uh, comes to mind It's mentioned right. a few times in Daniel, how, you know, God had to rescue, uh-huh. uh, not only, uh, the Israelites, but, uh, Daniel. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you had the Assyrians then you had the Babylonians that come in and it's when the Babylonians come in and, and, uh, take over the Northern kingdom, what Assyria had, and then they go in and take the Southern kingdom as well. And, uh, it's at that point that we really kind of get introduced to, to Daniel and his friends, uh, you know, we're not going to necessarily talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, they're Babylonian names, by the way. Right, uh, exactly. Tonight, but uh, it's a good story, too. But, you know, that's where we kind of catch up with him is, uh, and we kind of get into, you know, Daniel's situation and what Daniel's plight is up to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, him him and the others were, uh, you know, taken away from their homes, and they were brought to Babylon. To Babylon. And uh, at, at that point, you know, they are captives in a foreign land, but the they the Babylonians had this idea of let's get the the cream of the crop from these exiles, right? And so 
uh, Daniel was, was one of those. And I almost felt like he had a, a lot of similarities to Joseph. Uh, you know, he's a, they're, they were both captives in a foreign land. Um, they both didn't necessarily want to be there, but they trusted God through all of the things that happened to them, the good things and the bad things. And, uh, you know, interestingly, both of them rose to power, uh, you know, both of them, um, becoming almost second, you know, Joseph was second in command in the, in the land. Right. Uh, Daniel was pretty much there. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so they, they both get falsely accused. They're both imprisoned. Uh, they're both rescued. Right. And the God uses both of them as a delivery tool, a rescuing tool for his people. Um, so the similar similar state to Joseph, um, and that's where we kind of find Daniel. And what we're going to be is uh, we're we're skipping over several chapters in Daniel. I do I do recommend that uh, you go in and read the Daniel's one through five because those are really good too. Uh, but we're going to be in Daniel chapter six, and this is this is the uh, the point at which Persia has come in and take over. Taken over. We are introduced to King Darius. Right. Uh, the Babylonian kings are gone, and now we're in Persia. And that's where we're going to pick up. Do you mind reading uh, from Daniel 6? Sure. All right. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next thirty days any person who prays to anyone divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now your majesty issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down, as usual, in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did he not sign a law for the next thirty days? saying, Any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then he told the king, That man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. In hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. 
A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of the nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. The lions leapt on them and tore them before they even hit the floor of the den. Then King Darius sent a message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Sorry, just up front, what kind of sticks out to you in the story? Maybe something as you reread it this week that maybe you've missed before in the past. Well, when you think of the, you know, the whole book of Daniel, you kind of think it's all one maybe maybe I'm the only one but maybe it's all one time frame one you know one story and it is it, it goes as one story but you know this is his uh second ruler to rule under you know or third maybe actually uh, I've got Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar and then uh, Darius mm-hmm. and so uh you know Daniel has consistently served and as we have seen probably had the same routine same purpose all throughout these different uh, rulers. So I think that's interesting. And then I mm-hmm. love his uh, description that's in verse four, that the officials kind of uh, described Daniel. They said uh, he was faithful. He was always responsible and completely trustworthy. And I think I, I kind of, I mean, I kind of missed that, I guess. And that was just mm-hmm. very, you know, an amazing description of Daniel and his, his, uh, his faith and his purpose that he was living out. One thing I noticed too was kind of on the same lines. Um, I, one thing I thought that was interesting was when they come in and accuse Daniel, they don't say, you know, um, I don't know what his official title was, you know, governor supervisor or whatever. They don't say, you know, governor Daniel has, has been praying to some other God. They say that man, Daniel, one of those exiles, you know, yeah. has been uh, praying to his God three times a day. Um, you know, so they they were trying to find ways to make him look even worse than it already than what, than what it was. Right. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Never really noticed that before. Um, and I think I, I've never really paid attention to the ending of the story. Um, you know, you have a very impressive proclamation about God, and it's mm-hmm. not from Daniel. You know, it's not from any of the main characters we think of from the book of Daniel. It comes from Darius, the, you know, the Persian king. And he has a really impressive speech about God and his power. And so we see God using this king and we see God use the king. And we'll probably, let me talk about that some more. 
uh, you know, but God uses the king in this story too. Right. So that's one of the things that I think I've probably missed before. Um, and I did kind of think about, uh, you know, you know, we talked about Gideon last time and Gideon was the reluctant servant who didn't want to be chosen. And I think Daniel's kind of the opposite of that. You know, he was uh, ready to serve and, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't afraid to jump out there and, you know, Hey, I am, this is who I am. And, you know, Gideon eventually got there, but it seems like Daniel was there from the beginning. Yeah. He was already in a place of service. It kind of, we'll get into that, but it was kind of, you know, who he was. Yeah. And also I was thinking too, uh, don't get on the King's bad side. That's, yeah. that's a good, a good notation from this story too. Maybe not the King. I mean, in this case, you know, it was the king that signed it, but all these other guys that were, you know, the instigators in this right. situation. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we're going to do with this podcast is this is just kind of a, a housekeeping for us. Uh, you know, we thought one way we can go through these stories is taking it apart with some questions. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have similar questions. These maybe not the exact same questions, but uh, some things that help us kind of think through it. Because like I said, we want to dig into these stories more. And get more than just the surface level. So um, the first thing I thought about when uh, when I was going through this was, and especially as we're relating it back to life on purpose, um, how did you see Daniel living his life on purpose? Well, I think it's pretty pretty obvious in the story, especially how the the leaders describe Daniel. And then, uh, as it says uh, in verse ten, you know, when Daniel learned the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down. As usual, in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he is he had always done. And then, um, so just as he has always done, that's his routine. And they couldn't find any fault in him. I mean, there was nothing they could find to fault him. So they said, well, we're going to have to figure out something with his uh, religion because, you know, there's no other grounds that we can accuse Daniel of anything. So we're going to have to make it in connection with his rules of religion because we know he's really, you know, he's got his routine. He's really strict in his three times a day, you know, prayers and what he, uh, you know, all the things he does. So he's already living life on purpose. Like right. we just, we all just need to be like Daniel. There you go. And yeah, in the, uh, it was actually his purposeful life that gave the, I think it probably gave them the idea yeah. of the praying, Yeah, you know, and uh, it's really interesting how, how it reads about the windows. Uh, you know, it, you know, it talks about, he goes up into his room and uh, I don't, I can't remember if it says he opens windows or they were op- just open towards Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't shy about where he was going to pray. You know, he very easily could have said, I'm still going to pray three times a day. I'm just going to go into my closet and close the door and pray really quietly so that nobody can hear me outside my room. Right. Um, but he chose not to do that. Yeah. And they knew that he was praying for, he said, and they, the officials, they found him praying and asking for God's help. So they knew what, you know, they even knew what he was praying for. So right. it was loud enough where they were close enough where they could even hear exactly what he was praying for. So. Yeah. So very, very purposeful. And I, I think you can also see, I mean, his whole life was was purposeful. And even if you go back to chapter one and Daniel, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, he is purposeful with his uh, just daily routine of eating and exercise. Um, you know, he is very purposeful with how he handled himself, uh, his worship, um, always giving honor to God uh, and just that intentional prayer life. Um I can't help thinking that 
his intentional prayer life is what was a big reason to why he was able to behave the way he was in the face of this. You know, if he if he hadn't had that that purposeful prayer life, would he have been as this faithful? Right. It's a thought. So let me ask you this. I think it's obvious that God is moving in the story, mm-hmm. but where are the places that you saw God moving in the story? Well, God moved through, you know, King Darius. He moved through the lions. Um, you know, the king uh, said to him when he was thrown into the lions, then may your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. And I think um, it shows, the story shows God's faithfulness. You might there might be folks who are listening to this and they're living their life on purpose. You know, they are in the word, they are prayerful, they are encouraging, they are, you know, doing all the things we like to say are the check boxes that aren't right. required, but are, you know, they're, they're very good for, for your faith and for your trust and for your relationship. They're, they're on target building their relationship uh, with God. And yet, you know, bad things might still happen. Right. Daniel, you know, very purposeful in his relationship and this uh, bad thing still happened. And yet God was still faithful uh, through that and through that situation. And I think that's, that's huge showing how, how God uh, moves, moved in this story, moves in our story. Um, I think that's what I see. I like the relation back to how God moves in our story too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you're right. I mean, God was moving all through the story. Um, he did move through the King. He moved through the King in numerous places in the story. Um, you know, he, he worked on, he worked on the King's heart to protect Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that I hadn't noticed before too, was the part about how, how King Darius, he spent the whole day, you know, you kind of get the idea that the, you know, you know, his his first prayer time was probably sometime early in the morning. That's when they caught him the first time. And then they, and then they go to the king pretty early in the day. Yeah. And he spends the whole day. The rest of the day. Trying to find a way to save Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was because God had planted on the king's heart. I want you to, you know, I want you to be his protector as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And he tried to do that. Um, so God was working through King Darius. You know, God was working through uh, Daniel himself. Uh, you know, you know, like you said, uh, the ver- the the New Living Translation says that uh, Daniel was praying for God's help, right? Um, and I think that's an interesting piece of that translation. Um, you know, because you, you kind of get this idea that uh, Daniel knew what he was doing; he was going to get caught, and he was specifically praying for God to help him in this situation. And you know, he did that, right? So. Um, and that that's uh, a good thing for us to think about, you know, as we're looking for the ways that God is moving in our lives. Uh, you know, part of that comes in with our relationship with him and how we interact with God, too, mm-hmm. is how we'll be able to see God moving in our lives. Absolutely. So how do you think, Daniel, and this is kind of more, this is probably more of a piggyback question to the last one, because I think we've probably talked about some of this, mm-hmm. but how did God's or how did Daniel's purposeful actions affect what he did? Well, I think it's, you know, we've kind of hit on this, but his actions didn't change. You know, you can see from the beginning of the book, in chapter one, you know, Daniel's actions are the same. They're consistent. He's consistent throughout. He's He's got his prayer time. He's got his, you know, strict uh, diet like we see in the beginning that he's he's on, and, and, it, and it doesn't change. Um, so 
um, you know, this situation that he's under didn't didn't change his um, his actions and his in his routine. And so I think that's uh, important. He kept on doing like like it said in verse 10, as he always did. You know, those were the things he was going to do no matter what, I think. So let's take a side question. This is not one of the uh, the questions. This is a uh, on the fly question. Mm-hmm. How do we apply that to what we do today? Because I, I I was th- some of the same things. You know, he had a solid foundation. Um, he he knew that one way or another, God was going to take care of him. Um, and kind of what you were talking about his his routine and mm-hmm. the way he built his life, he was able to do these things. So how can we apply that that mindset that that thought process? to the way that we live today, you know, with, with our prayer life or with our, uh, you know, the way we behave with our, our bodies or with, uh, you know, our relationships, how does that live? How can we take that to live life on purpose too? Yeah. I think, you know, spiritual rhythms, if you want to call them that, or routines are, are so important, um, because they are the things that we can fall back on when things happen. I think it was about a year ago I started this, you know, I wasn't doing a lot of reading or praying. And so I did not have a routine mm-hmm. and I started, I started with, I'm big into checklist. I've got probably three different checklists at work that I go through every day. Um, so I thought I'm going to, to get myself into a routine. Now I don't know if this is the best way to do this, um, but I made getting up in the morning and having uh, you know, scripture reading and prayer time. It was things that I was checking off in the mornings before I did anything else. And I literally had them on a checklist. And, uh, but eventually it's turned into, that's just the first thing I do in the mornings. Um, and it's, I think it's had an impact. I think it's made a difference. Um, because as you do it more and more, it just becomes regular and you, you, you miss it when you don't get to do it. I've actually had a few times where I've dreamed that I was doing it and then I woke up and realized I hadn't done it yet. <laughs> so, um, but I think that has a lot of impact on, on your foundation and being able to stand up to things. Cause, um, you know, what if Daniel had not had that solid foundation? He, he's probably not going to stand the way he did. Right. Uh, and he's probably, he's probably going to buckle in some way. Um, I also thought about, <clears throat> You know, we talked to, we know we, we gave Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego a, a quick flash a little bit ago. Uh, but, you know, just reflecting back on, on their story with the fiery furnace, um, you know, their attitude was, we're, we're not going to bow down to your statue. You can do whatever you want to with this. God is going to save us. Mm-hmm. But even if he doesn't save us from the fiery furnace, we're still not going to bow down and worship your statue. Right. I think Daniel is probably in this, you know, because they were all of the same mindset. Uh, they were all close friends. I think Daniel is probably in the same way. You know, I, I can imagine that Daniel was like, you know, I, I'm not going to stop praying. God is going to rescue me. Uh, you know that God is going to rescue me. Mm-hmm. But even if he doesn't, I'm still not going to change my routine. And God's still good. And God is still good. If I go back, if I go to be with God tonight, if the lions eat me. It's all right. Right. You know, uh, but I think he knew that he had more purpose and more stuff to do. Uh, so I think that, you know, that had a big effect on his his whole attitude as well. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Let's take the opposite question. And we've, we've kind of been talking about this. 
what would have happened if Daniel had not been living his life on purpose or did not live his life on purpose? And, you know, what if he had chosen to hide who he was and not trust God? Well, I think if he was not living the way he was, I mean, obviously others knew that and saw that, especially King Darius. And so the king knew of his, his innocence. You know, really, he, he knew this law was made. He signed it. He sealed it. It was, you know, an official law, and it troubled him, verse 14 and 15. And, you know, the king even went so far as to fast and, you know, be in anguish over the situation that he found Daniel in because he knew that Daniel was, uh, had lived in his purpose. And I think if he hadn't, that would have been, that could have been totally different. That relationship he had with the king, mm-hmm. uh, with the other officials there, um, I think, you know, it, t- it would to- totally change the story. I think a lot, you know, I've, we've gone back to the king quite a few times. Um, you know, when we think about King Darius here, we're not talking about, he, he's not necessarily a godly, a God-fearing king altogether, because it didn't take much for the governors to convince him right. to make this law that says everybody's got to pray and worship you for 30 days. Right. Uh, you know, it's very similar to what happened with Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it did not take much for him to put himself up on a pedestal that you need to be praying to me for 30 days. Right. Um, so he, it's not like we were talking about this as a Christian or I'm not a Christian, but, a, you know, this wasn't a, a God-fearing Israeli king who believed in, in Yahweh. Um, but by the end of the story, he is definitely a Yahweh-fearing king. Right. A Yahweh-respecting king. Um, you know, we don't know if he was necessarily, uh, you know, how much that, that turned into for him. Um, but at that point he was, and it was all because of Daniel's actions. And so I think, like you said, if, if Daniel had not been living like that, if he had chosen to hide, if he had chosen to, uh, not show how God had been working with him, um, I think the King's story is drastically different. Um, you know, the, the people around them, their lives are different as well. Um, so I, th- I think there's a lot of things that could have happened negatively and, uh, you know, even going further, you know, further, further down the road, um, you know, this is a, a be- almost a beginning of the softening of the King's heart to let the people go back to their homeland. Um, you know, I, th- I think there's a little bit of discussion about was it Darius or King Cyrus and you know who who allowed the Israelites to go back um but I think Daniel has a big part in getting onto these Persian kings good sides and showing them some things that eventually allows uh you know people like Nehemiah and Ezra later to take groups of captives back to Jerusalem uh you know and that's when you know everything starts being rebuilt Jerusalem's rebuilt the temples mm-hmm. rebuilt um, you know, and they're, uh, you know, rescued from captivity. But, you know, what if, what if way back here in Persia, Daniel had chosen the easy path and just not lived on purpose and just kind of hid who he was? I think you have a different outcome. Of course, you know, in the case of es- Esther, you know, Mordecai tells Esther, you know, help will come some- from somewhere else. Um, but Daniel, in this case, was the place where it came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it, it's interesting to think of how things might have been different. Right. We talked a lot about Daniel, talked about the king. Um, 
did you see any other examples of uh, people living on purpose in this story, good or bad purposes? I'll say I wanted to point out verse 21 because Daniel, you know, we're, we talked about Daniel and the king, but uh, Daniel says, you know, after uh, the king comes to him and asks him about, you know, Daniel, you live down there? And he says, or excuse me, I guess it's verse 22, but he said, God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. So he knew who he was good with. It was, I'm right. right in God's sight, and I'm right in your sight, king. But it was God first. He knew right. that uh, he was, you know, not not guilty in the in that uh, instance with uh, with his God, he knew he had done everything uh, to obey his God, and then he knew he had done right by King Darius. I think it's interesting that he he makes a point of saying, "I have not wronged you either." Right. Um, you know, you kind of think, you know, I guess kind of the way I think about that and see that is, you know, a lot of people would have been cursing the king's name for their situation. You know, mad at the king. Mm-hmm. It's his fault. I'm down here. If he hadn't signed that stupid law, uh, if he hadn't listened to those guys, I wouldn't be in this situation. I kind of get the feeling that Daniel never went there. Uh, you know, that Daniel was steadfast. Uh, he he knew who was responsible. Um, and, you know, he, he, he knew not to lay that against the king. I, I kind of saw it like that, too. Um, you know, I think an example of bad purposes would be the governor's. Uh, you know, they were definitely living their life on purpose, uh, but they had the wrong purposes uh, and it wound up being to their downfall, uh, quite literally. Um, right. Also, the lions were very purposeful. Yes, they were. Verse <laughs> 24, the lions leaped and uh, uh, up at them and tore them apart before even reaching the ground. So all the officials and their family, so not just the officials, their whole family, uh, the lions leaped and tore them apart before they hit the ground in the pit. So they were very purposeful. Yes, they were. Kind of makes you wonder how many lions were in this pit. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't, we're not told how many people it is, but it's quite a few. Right. And, and I guess it also makes the miracle a little bit larger as well. Uh, you know, thinking about it like that, if there's so many lions that none of the others touched the floor before they were ripped apart. Right. Uh, you're talking about a good bit of lions that the angel, I would say the angel was purposeful as well. Yeah. Um, for a moment, you know, um, and God was purposeful, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting little facts in this, in this story. So this really has been a, a good story. I've, I've enjoyed getting back into this. Um, I've enjoyed reading through the story. Uh, the book of Daniel's, a fascinating book. And um, there's a lot of neat things as you get past chapter six. Um, it goes into some more of the prophecies and uh, gets a little bit deeper. Um, lots of dreams, lots of dreams, uh, lots of things happening, but Daniel's a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, like I said, I've enjoyed getting back into it and rereading the story. Um, so we, you know, we really want to encourage you. You know, if you're listening today, go back and read the story for yourself. Uh, read through it several times. Uh, you know, if you're if you're doing our, our weekly devotional that Eric leads us in, you know, uh, a lot of times we're going through these stories several times during the week in, in these passages. Uh, so I encourage you to go back and, and reread. Don't just reread chapter six. You know, go back and read uh, everything leading up to chapter six. You know, if you if you're really big into 
uh, apocryphal prophecies. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the second half of the book is really good for that. Um, but, you know, as part of as part of what we're doing with this podcast, we do we are trying to um, help you as our listeners. You know, the, the whole reason that we're doing this is to bring back some spirit, you know, not spirit. Um, we want to relive these stories and really kind of get into them more. Right. Uh, so as part of that, we want you to be, you know, involved in that yourself. You know, so so going back and reading the stories, ask God to show you something that he's not shown you before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think, you know, as, as we do that, we, we do see things that we haven't seen before. Yeah, the last verse in the book of Daniel says, as for you, go your way until the end. You will rest, and then at the end of days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. That's uh, uh, an admonition to us. You know, continue to go your way, live living your life on purpose, and you will you will receive rest. You will rise again, and you will receive that inheritance that's been set aside for yeah. for us. And I think it's good. You know, you know. Let's be thinking about. You know, as we're as we do talk about living our life on purpose, you know, let's look back at Daniel and see how can we mimic Daniel. Uh, you know, you mentioned at the beginning if we could be like Daniel, it, it changed a lot. So, you know, think about how you can mimic Daniel in your lives this week, uh, and not just this week, but going forward. Uh, you know, how you can mimic the way he lived his life on purpose, uh, and I think that'll help you as you are working towards your your life on purpose walk uh working to seek god uh through your life i was looking at one more verse from colossians uh chapter 2 verse 7 now i mentioned at the beginning daniel uh i feel like he was very rooted mm-hmm. and uh, colossians 2 verse 7 says let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness, and I think that really describes uh, Daniel and the purpose uh, that he was living out in his life. That's great. I love that. Um, we're we're wrapping up our podcast for today. Uh, we are really thankful for you listening. Uh, keep listening. Like like we said, come find us if there's stories that you want to hear about, or if you'd like to hear us uh, go through some stories. We'd we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, don't be surprised if we ask you to come and share a favorite story of yours on the podcast itself. Uh, so we, we'd love to do that. So like I said, come talk to us, uh, hit that subscribe button so you get notified. Uh, just let us know. Um, and as we close out, uh, the way we want to close out our, our grass the sword podcast is with a, a, uh, I call it a scripture collage from Paul, uh, from several of his, uh, letters, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be on guard, be strong, be courageous, stand firm in the faith and do everything in love. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Have a great week. Amen. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Thanks for joining us as we seek to know more of God's purpose for our lives. The Life on Purpose podcast is brought to you by Skyline Church of Christ in Jackson, Tennessee. Visit SkylineChurch.com to learn more about us. Thanks for listening.